Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Bird, Nick, and with me, as always... It's your band, Gator. And today, we're taking a trip to the Aganorsa Leaf Farm. Ooh, virtually. 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 So, we're going to be speaking with Terrence Riley. He's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Aganorsa Leaf here shortly. But first, why don't we go ahead and get into the cigar for the day? Yes. So we're going to be smoking the JFR Lunatic Habano, specifically the Short Robusto. It's a four and three quarter by 52 Robusto. It features an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder and filler. And through the magic of podcasting, we've actually already done the interview just for full disclosure. (laughs) And I was five minutes late. You were, and we touch on that. Yeah, so I got dogged on pretty hard on that. So rightfully so, I had a flat or not a flat tire. You didn't. I had know. a tire with ten percent pressure in it, and I had to air it up, so it slowed me down. But you know, if you'd have left maybe a little earlier, you would have caught I it. Didn't anticipate a low tire, although I should have because it's had a slow leak. That wasn't the only reason you were late, but we'll get to that in the interview as well. So <laughs> anyway, it's now time that we go ahead and cut the cigar, and the cigar cut is brought to you by. Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Yay! Our man Dan over there has been uh, working hard through the uh, the COVID shutdown. Yeoman's and, work to keep uh, you folks in sticks. Yeah, and, and you know things uh, things aren't a hundred percent back to where they were before, but but he's, it's moving in the right direction. It is. He's doing curbside uh, to go. He's got um, mail order for those of you who are in areas that your brick and mortar is still shut down or maybe you just live uh in an area where you don't have a brick and mortar and you want to support a brick and mortar seems like a pretty good thing to do to me so you know you can reach out to dan he's got something for everybody between three dollars and a hundred dollars and you he's know he's got my uh casada 1974 and like i mean we've been high on the the uh budget bundles that he's got over yes. there you know it's a good way to Get in a lot of smokes at a decent price, you know. So. He's got the brick houses I like here, the Connecticut's. I mean, he's he's got a good selection of cigars. He does. So, and uh, you know, like I said, we we, we covered it uh, what a week ago. You know, kind of how cigar lounge life is going to be different. So, you know, it's still going to be important to figure out how you can get cigars and smoke them at home because. You know, the lounges, they're just not, they're not going to bounce back immediately. No. You know, and the last thing you want is for guys like Dan and others to end up going out of business. All it's going to do is reduce your ability to go get cigars. And oh. let's be honest, with without competition, it's going to drive the price up on Dude, your sticks, too. You want these guys here. Let's be really blunt. Online cigar sales at some point will go away. I'm just going to put my flag in the sand right now and say that. Online cigar sales are going to go away for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is at some point the the states are going to start taxing it at the normal sales tax rate, you know, for cigars. It's going to become a nightmare. Um, It's going to be a whole thing. But then every time a anti-tobacco bill comes up in the Congress, what is one of the provisions in that bill? banning the online sale of tobacco, which would include cigars. So at some point, folks, you're not going to have the websites to go and buy cigars from. And if you didn't support the brick and mortar, you know, locations when they were around, they're not going to be around to service you after the online sales go away. So why don't you just go ahead and support the brick and mortar stores now? Amen. So 
And who better than Dan over at Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. There you go. And with that, it's time that we go ahead and cut the cigar. This is a nice-looking stick. It is. It's, it's got, got a, a gold, uh, like, cover? I don't know what yeah, you call it's it. Yeah, like, it's like a, almost like a piece of foil that covers maybe, I'd say, well, two the thirds? bottom two-thirds, maybe, not two-thirds or so of the cigar. And... Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's a it's a nice looking stick. So. Nick is going V cut on I'm this one. I'm V-cut. actually using the uh, perfect cut again from Riverman Cigar Company. <laughs> so, what are you getting on the cold draw there, Jeff? Mmm, it's almost sweet, like a cherry with like a little nutty flavor to it mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like a trail mix. Kinda. Yeah, I, I actually would kind of give you that. Yeah, like raisin cherry, um, you know, some nuts in there. Yeah, like a trail yep, mix. Like That's a trail exactly mix. it. So, Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's enough. a good smelling cigar, too. It is. Like I said, it's got that sweetness to it. We got these at Riverman. We did. We did indeed. Oh, wait. The cold retro. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Step up, brother. Uh, I don't want to do it. Why don't you tell me what mm. you're getting while I try it? Mm. Boy, that is good. The cold retro is like a banana bread. I'm not. I'm not getting anything. Yeah, it's it's that nutty again on the cold retro, but it's a little bit different flavor. I'm not getting anything. You didn't get banana bread. I did not get banana bread. You're a savage. It does have a closed foot. That is something that I want you to take note of. By the Ooh. way, you got to watch the closed foot on the cigars because that's how you end up with little flaming pieces of <laughs> wrapper that yeah. end up burning holes in your shirts. <laughs> so. I'm going to go ahead and get mine lit up here. Yeah, that's exactly it right there. Little, yeah, I saw it. I saw it fly flaming off. chunk of wrapper there. You now, gotta, what would the etiquette be on those to uh, to actually trim the end with the cutter? Mm-mm. What would it? We're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Just taking our lives into our own hands here. Exactly. Just go ahead and <coughs> light the cigar up. There are a few other sticks I smoke that have that. With yeah, down the end, just kind of you know. Yeah, I'm different. trying to think. There's one in particular that I know I've had a number, whoa, number of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, and Nick uh, set himself on fire. That was almost in my shorts. <laughs> um, That's there, what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I had flaming pants. <laughs> Hot pants. Hot pants. My pants are on fire. Um, no, there's one in particular that I smoke fairly regularly that has a closed foot. And I'm trying to. Oh, it's the. Um, oh shit. Uh, the the Charter Oak. Oh yes, yep, yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah, that's got a closed foot. What what are you oh shooting about? I had to. I I had a piece that wasn't lit, so I got that fixed. Do you need my torch? Because you've got a whole piece. No, I'm going. using a. I'm just using a bic. Uh, you've got like a third of your stick there that's not glowing when you draw on it. Yeah, I do. I'll use your torch. Well, so far this thing. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> you and I are having trouble with the, ah! clo- the closed foot. <laughs> yeah, slightly. We are just determined to set ourselves on fire. I needed the training wheels on this cigar. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> I was thing, not ready to ride. This thing is smoking really, really good. Oh, yeah. What are you getting on it? Oh, man. I haven't done a I, retro yet. Oh, I just did. That is. That is. <laughs> It's creamy. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Peppery all at the same okay. time. <coughs> oh, right. 
Whoa. Do you get the creamy, though, with the pepper? It's like two completely <laughs> contrasting I do. things going on there in the sinuses. Yeah, but oh, my God. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in the sinuses there. Oh, my God. Yeah, it hangs on. That pepper sticks oh, with you. It does. I'm it still does. like, I can still feel that pepper burn. Yeah, it's burning. <laughs> it burns. It's it burning. Burns. It's burning. It's burning. Oh, That's my. A good cigar, man. It is good. I'm liking it. I'm trying to remember if I've had a lunatic before. I feel like I have. But I don't believe I have. It's. Uh, I didn't admit that during the interview, but I don't believe I have. But I definitely will again. The way this thing oh, started yeah, out, no. it's a good step. I was going to say, and for the price, I'm all about this mm-hmm. cigar. Well, and you know me. I like to take my life in my own hands. So lighting it over my gut while I'm leaning back on a couch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a shirt that's going to get burned. Yeah, and unless my it's flesh. A, unless it's a big enough piece of wrapper that it burns through the shirt and then into your flesh. Yeah, I'm actually wearing a t-shirt today. It's hot out. It is warm out. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, so. Finally. Mm-hmm. Hell, we still had a frost the other day. In, in southern Illinois, we had a frost in the middle of May. Our normal Dude, last frost date is I April was 15th. On the, I was on a herf with Dave Rivera from Martinez. On Zoom, maybe about two weeks ago. And mind you, I'm sitting in my garage and it's like 55 degrees outside. Yeah. He's sitting on his porch in New York, bundled up in a parka and a hat, like just bundled up. And he looked like Nanook of the North, right? <laughs> it had snowed in New York that day. Wow. What I a mean, weird year. It's just nuts. So, anyway, enough about the. Uh, the weather report. So, what are you getting on the cigar there? As we, you know, before we get into the interview with Terrence, I really like this lunatic. This is a nice stick. Mm-hmm. And I, I had really other than other than what you read at the top of the show, you know, I had no preconceived notions about it. So I really like it. It's a good cigar. Yeah. No, I'm liking it. It's it's got a little nutty flavor. It's got a little spice to it, and uh, a lot of spice to it on the retro. Oh hell. man, yeah, and. Um, and then it, the, it, it caught me off guard. It lives up to the name Lunatic. Yes. This is one instance where the marketing actually does mm-hmm. match the cigar. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Boy, that's putting off a lot of smoke. It is. That's the other thing. It's kicking off smoke. The construction's good. I'm liking it. So. Well, I say we dive into the interview. Yeah. And what? then come back and do a little Ask the Boys. Why don't we do just that? So this is our interview that we did uh, earlier today. With Terrence Riley, he's the Sales and Marketing Vice President for Aganor Salif. So we're joined today by Terrence Riley. He's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Aganor Salif and a uh, good friend of one of the friends of the show, Corey Frisbee. Corey's a good man. <laughs> he told me I was supposed to give you a lot of shit during this interview, but um, I'll, be honest. Like him. I'll be honest, man. I don't know you well enough to be able to do that, so I think you're going to get a pass this time. Uh, but I feel, appreciate that. But feel free to unload any stories about Corey that you want to. Uh, I see we've turned the tables on him. Uh-huh. I was going to say, you know, he, <laughs> this is what he gets. But No, he's a great guy, actually. He's one of the best guys in the business. That's awesome. He says the same about you. So, I mean, I don't know how much you guys are paying one another to say that. but Too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> well, Terrence, I hear good things about you from a variety of people. And so I want to start by getting to know you. So how did you get into cigars? Like how did you, you know, get into cigars as a hobby? And then from there, how did you end up in the, in the industry? So my name is Terrence Riley, which is about as a uh, gringo name as you can, you can get. <laughs> but, uh, my fa- my father's half 
half half Cuban, half or Spanish, or depending on how you want to de- define it. And uh, his 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 father uh, was in Cuba for a lengthy period of time, and uh, and married my grandmother, who was a member of the the Casada family, who who are also in the business, oh. uh, have been in the business since the eighteen uh, hundreds. So my uh, my father and Manuel Casada are first cousins. And, uh, so I, I lovingly referred to him as my, my uncle. And I ended up when I was in my early twenties going to the Dominican Republic and, uh, spending a summer down there just for fun, basically, uh, just, uh, you know, have a good time. And, uh, I had family down there and one of, one of them owned, uh, a cigar factory. And, and I said, Oh, heck, I'll do that for the summer. And I think like most people, you know, sitting, you know, you see the process, and how much time and effort goes into creating cigars, and then more importantly is the is the uh, the environment and the experience it creates with people. Is I'd go over my my uncle's house on a Sunday, and we'd have lunch, and then we'd play cards, uh, and you know have some various beverages and smoke cigars. And so I was like, wow, this is this is a pretty cool thing. And so uh, a few years later, there was an opportunity uh, to get involved full time, and uh, I, I went back down and spent some a longer, more, uh, focused period of time in the factory. And then, uh, came to work in, in Miami, uh, on the, on the sales side. And I was there for about 10 years before, uh, before coming to, to Aganorsa. Now let's talk about Aganorsa a little bit. Well, you know what, before we talk about Aganorsa for a little bit, Manuel Casada, my co-host Gator and I, we got to, uh, we got to meet Manuel at Corey's Weston Tobacco Festival last year. Yes. And, I can only imagine just some of the um, institutional knowledge and whatnot that you picked up, you know, with with a man like that, you know, in in the family. No, absolutely. I mean, he's probably forgotten more than I know. I was very blessed. I got to spend a lot of time with him, um, and he knows an incredible amount about the business and tobacco. And also, which was equally important, is I mean, he's very close with. Uh, Hinky Kellner from Davidoff and the Placencias and Daniel Nunez and Benji Menendez and the list goes on and on. And so I got to spend time with these guys uh, and get to know them and pick their brains and, and, and learn from them. So uh, between him and, and his uh, compatriots, uh, it, uh, it was about as good as an experience as you can get. Yeah, you just have access to so much knowledge there. That's incredible. Hey, look who just finally decided to join us. Well, how nice. Oh, wait, wait. He's putting on his headset. He's putting on his headset. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, brother? Uh, Nick told me a different time, so. Bull. <laughs> it's a story I'm sticking with. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I guess once you get to the B-level guest or the C-level guest. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, no. You oh no. You're an A-level guest. Oh, that's no. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no, let, I, let's clarify. I ripped into him pretty good on yeah, the drive over did. here when I was like. <laughs> no, I'm joking around. Man. Call him and he's saying he's going to be late. I'm like, oh, Well, Jeff. I dropped off a tea to my ex-wife, which is a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> she <laughs> pointed now, out. Now I, do, now I tell you. Never yeah. mind. I'm sorry. She pointed out that my tire was low, so I had to stop and air up my tire before I left town. I have a slow leak. There you go. So, in a lot of ways. Um, in a lot of ways. <laughs> a lot of ways. Well, you're here. That's what matters. Yes. There matters. you go. We were just catching up and, and talking about... Oh, I know, didn't know if his... we were on yet or not. Oh, no. We're, we're into this. This okay. is And this is getting this is in. It. So, yeah. Okay. This is happening. Yeah. So, that the, all, quick, that... the quick and the dead. So, yeah. the whole the world is going to know that you were late. I just want you to know that. The whole that. world already expects me to be I late. I get it. So, <laughs> anyway. Anyone so, that knows me, at least. So, now, let's talk a little bit about Aganor Salif. So, again... 
I, I told you earlier that I hear great things about you. It's the same thing about Agonor Salif. You hear about Agonor Salif. They work with so many other, um, I, I, you know, you guys work, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys work with a whole lot of little boutiques, helping them with their cigars and whatnot. But then you also have your own line of cigars, correct? Yeah. I, we, so we, the, the, there's the kind of the three levels of the operation. The largest part of the operation is growing leaf is the, is the leaf company. That's the, that's the biggest part. We're, yeah. we're one of the largest, uh, us and Placencia are the two largest growers in Nicaragua. Um, so we have a massive operation on that side and we sell tobacco to Jewish States, to, uh, JC Newman, to you name them. And, and, uh, we probably have sold them tobacco at some point or currently sell them tobacco. Um, we, and then we also make, brands uh for other people such as illusion such as foundation uh viaje some of them uh kyle gellis from warp cigars um hvc which is really becoming high right now so a whole bunch of uh of our our partners um that choose us to make cigars with and then of course we have our own lines as well so tell us about your line um we so on the show today we're going to be smoking the uh the JFR Lunatic Habano, it's the short Robusto, four and three nice. quarter by fifty two. So, Love that size. yeah. So just uh, if you would, just kind of talk about the line and and uh, you know what kind of stuff that Agonors is putting out. So the, the big kind of focus with the with the brand and the brand was called uh, the company was called I should say Casa Fernandez until about uh, two just a little over two years ago. Um, and we changed it to Agonors Leaf because the focus we wanted to focus on w- what makes us special, and that's the t- that's our tobacco, our tobacco that we grow in which we use ninety five percent of our blends consist of, um, are are special in the sense of how we grow the tobacco, the seeds we use, and the fact that we're vertically integrated and we control the whole process from seed to ash, and so that creates a signature flavor. Um, and we have different expressions of that, of course. So there's, there's, uh, you know, more Corojo 99 dominated, uh, blends. There's blends that are more dominated by Clio or Clio 98. Um, we also, ha- uh, use our Corojo wrapper and we also have a shade grown Maduro, uh, wrapper. So our focus is, is kind of to, to show off various expressions of, of the taste Agonorsa and aroma Agonorsa is known for. Okay. Um, and, but then underneath your, uh, umbrella, um, sure. you have, you have the, um, uh, JFR line, which is yes. the just for retailers, correct? Yeah. So, so JFR is, is, uh, is kind of our bread and butter line still. Uh, and then the lunatic is, is uh, it's kind of an extension of that. We treat it more separately now because it's, it's looks other than the fact it's kind of big ring gauge. Yeah. Um, it, it looks very different. Um, and those, those are two kind of our bread butter lines, uh, price wise, they're the best value on the market. Uh, again, being vertically integrated, it gives us the ability to put out a product at a very reasonable price oftentimes than you know, somebody that's not, uh, would be able to put out at. Um, and, and they're, they often do come in big ring gauge sizes, uh, which are very popular uh, among segment of the market. And we've done a pretty good job of dominating most of, of that segment. And uh, but they also come in some very uh, uh, you know uh, more reasonable sizes like the the one you're smoking there the short robusto, and that's that cigar for instance was the top ten uh, cigar of the year uh, by Cigar Aficionado and it was the number one value of the year by Cigar Aficionado. So nice. it was both you know both not only you have a top ten finisher but it's also the best value of the year. 
Nice, nice. Well, and that's something that's important um, to to us. I mean, you know, I know Jeff, he, he smokes a lot of, while driving and everything. So, you know, you can burn through maybe six sticks a day or so, but it becomes really expensive when when it they're can, expensive yes. sticks. And Absolutely. So, so value is important. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to sacrifice quality for value. Yeah, and we, we have, I think, a, a really incredible mix of those two things. It, it, just as you said, a guy's got to take that hard-earned money out of his pocket, and I try never forget that because as part of the industry, you end up having the opportunity to smoke a lot of cigars that you never have to pay for. In fact, sometimes I'll even buy cigars just to remind myself of that people have to do that, and I'll go into a shop and pick up some different things and, and, and do that just purely to remind myself of, of that's what the normal experience is. Well, and um, it helps but, keep you grounded, too. Exactly. And, uh, and then at the same time, because we're, we're able to, to control the whole process, uh, we're able to put out a cigar that odd times, if you know, under a, a different company or somebody else, it would be significantly more. So uh, you're getting that value. I think that's what people want. They want value. They, they, they don't want you know, to pay any more than they have to. And what they pay for, they want, it, they want to feel that they got something really, uh, really great out of it. Well, and, and uh, this is Gator, by the way. Growing up as a farm kid... Um, I'm very interested in the grow process and, you know, how, how you guys grow your own tobacco and everything. How many acres of tobacco do you grow in a given season? Uh, let me, this year, we expanded this year. I think I actually even have this information somewhere. Uh, that's more exact. Let's see here. Uh, we grew this past year, 645 acres in Jalapa and uh, a little over 700 in Esteli. Wow, that just that is mind boggling to me. You know, growing up on a on a four hundred acre farm, I knew what it took to put out the corn, wheat, beans. You know that we grew there, and I can't imagine the operation that you have. Yeah, and that's the tobacco side. We also actually uh, are involved in other ag- agricultural, uh, you know, such as pigs, cattle, um, uh, rice, and those things as well. So that's just the that's just the uh, the tobacco side. Wow, um, and that'll produce I think around fifteen now about fifteen thousand bales. Of, uh, of tobacco. Well, and given the fact that you guys are so involved, not just with your own line of tobacco and, and cigars, but then you're also providing tobacco to a lot of other companies and that sort of thing. How is the COVID situation impacting this year and, and perhaps going forward a little bit in terms of, of both production and then, um, I guess, uh, supply chain for everybody else? So I, I think right now, I mean, I can only tell you what's happened so far. And yeah. the, thing, the thing with Latin America, you know, you're only as good as your last day. So I, I think that to, to the credit of the manufacturers, right before every year, Semana Santa is a, is a holiday week anyway. So that, that's always a week off. Uh, and, the, and the factories got together and they uh, they suspended week, you know, the, the previous week as well. So that there was a two week period where people could could self-isolate and stay at home. Um, that was important because if one factory does it and the other factories don't, the, the guy will just go, okay, well, maybe I can go work over here for the week. Uh, and then maybe he ends up staying there. So you, and, it, and then that defeats the purpose anyway, because they're not staying at home. So, uh, they, there's been an effort to kind of, in terms of the, on the factory side to keep watch for that in terms of, you know, people coming masks, they're doing temperature checks and everything like that. Most people in Nicaragua, I would say are more afraid of not being able to put food on the table than they are of this, uh, you know, and there's also the government aspect of that. People may use it to cause government, you know, uh, obviously it's a little, it gets, you know, dicey down there sometimes yeah, with uh, yeah. cur- 
current uh, administration. Um, but I mean, to give you an example, like if every year in Key West, there's usually like a case or every couple of years, there's a case of like dengue fever and they will carpet bomb Key West with with insecticide. And it's like a hysteria in in, in Dominican Republic, Nicaragua. I'd, be, I'd go down there. I'd be like, oh, hey, where's some of the guys? Oh, they all got dengue. So it's not it's not as treated And dengue fever. If you get it is a pretty, you know. It's not fun. It's, it's it's another name for it is break bone fever because oh it feels gosh. like you're so it doesn't feel good. But but they're more I guess used to those types of things and and I don't think that they're I think they're generally speaking more afraid of not having work, not being able to put food on the table. They don't have the, the social network. I mean, they can't do a, a trillion dollar aid package and give everybody money down there. It's not yeah. going to work. So, uh, you know, I think that right now the concern more is ensuring that they can still put food on the table. And now as things go on, we'll see, we'll see what, what happens. You know, it's, it's also a, it's a hotter country. You know, you get humidity down there uh, that's higher than probably, you know, a winter in New York city. So who knows what the, the impact will be, but right now it's been pretty steady in terms of uh, unstable in terms of production and getting things out of the country, but knock on wood because you know, every day is a new day. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and we're we're living that same dream here in the People's Republic of Illinois, because <laughs> there you, <go. laughs> we, you know, as a small business owner, it is just day to day here right now. Um, you know, and we are, you know, I won't get too political on you here, but our governor has us locked down because of what's going on in Chicago, and we couldn't be further from Chicago in, you know, lifestyle in, you know, just being able to distance for the first, you know, the first thing just right out of the gate where. We're a much more spread out community down here, but we're having to abide by the same rules currently. And it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I guess, cause this is all new We're we're, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, what, what, what makes sense and, and what's just uh paranoia and to, you know, how much do we have to, I guess, partake in the paranoid fantasies of others, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so since you're on the sales and marketing kind of side of uh, Aganorsa, how do you feel this is going to impact um, the cigar lounges and the cigar shops and, and, you know, more on the consumer side of things, not so much necessarily on the production side? I, I was thinking about this and uh, talking about it with some guys last night. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to have more uh, specialization. So I, I think a lot of guys have a lounge and they're looking at the lounge right now and saying, man, you know, my business isn't really that down. I've got this giant lounge. Do I really need this lounge or could I use it for space for other things? Now, obviously when things open up right now, there's no other option to go, you know, smoke someplace else. So if, if you don't have a lounge space, uh, that may mean you lose business because somebody else will have lounge space. But that said, I think that some people, put in a lounge because they thought that that was in itself going to bring them more business or they expanded the lounge or they made the lounge bigger or whatever it is. Um, and, and it, the lounge is only a part of the experience. So I think the, the, the stores that are geared towards having an experience, whether they're, they're bars and they have uh, a much more elaborate uh, uh, style of dealing with the consumer. Um, I think those places are going to dig in deeper to that. And I think guys that kind of just have the lounge, because they felt that they needed one are going to start utilizing that space uh, for more retail product to sell. Well, and so as somebody who lives in Illinois, um, where we have a fairly tight smoking ban and, and everything else, you know, the idea of 
some of these shops uh, deciding that they don't want to do the lounge space and and just expand the retail and everything. I'll admit that that does concern me, you know, coming into the idea of like the winter time where uh, options of places to go are limited. You know, I can't necessarily go on my back deck in uh, the dead of January, but yet, you know, there might be a lounge that I can go visit. Well, or something. And, and for somebody like me who doesn't enjoy going and hanging out in bars, I mean, I've never been a big drinker. Yeah. Um, you know, this is kind of my home away from home, getting to go over to the Riverman Lounge or the Hill or even the Tinderbox uh, over on the Illinois side. So it's one of those things where it's a little bit of social interaction that I can get, but not be out just swilling beer in a bar. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't want to make it sound like that's the only, you know, I'm, t- I'm well, talking yeah. about no. you know, when you go into a shop, some shops, for, forget the bar for a second, are much more, if you go oh, to, to, for instance, Nat Sherman in New York City, that, that's a whole experience. They don't sell alcohol there, but if you go in there, you have staff that come up with you, they go into the humidor with you, they have a whole system that they, to show uh, hospitality for their for their customers. Uh, I think that that if you're doing that, they're going to dive deeper into that style and embrace it more. Yeah. But if you just have a lounge with some chair, and I don't know, I'm not saying you'll necessarily get rid of the lounge, but let's just say you have this, you know, you, the lounge is half the, the facility. Well, maybe, maybe you cut that down in half and you, and you put more things to, to sell in there. So I don't, I don't think it's an extreme to the part. It's either some sort of like, uh, speakeasy or it's like uh, a convenience store, but I do think there'll be a, a, pu- a push towards being one one or the other of those things more in terms of being you know uh, experience focused or being uh, convenience focused instead gotcha. of being all things to all people kind of a thing. I get that Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So in terms of Agonorsa Leaf, you guys came out last year with the Guardian of the Farm. And I, I love the story behind that. Can you kind of get into, you know, the guardian of the farm and, and the dog and everything like that? Sure. So that was a project <laughs> that, that even uh, that predates my time here. Uh, Max Fernandez, Eduardo Fernandez, the owner of the company, his son, uh, is uh, has a good relationship with uh, Kyle Gallus of Warped. Um, and the two of them are both dog people. And uh, Kyle has a dog. And then we use on our farms uh, dogs to for for security, basically, they're more reliable and honest than people, uh, and uh, and and they don't have American bulldogs in Nicaragua. So if you're trying to steal something, it looks like a, a Sasquatch or something. Is there a Yeti is chasing you? So uh, it's it's more effective uh, as well. So um, they they created this project, kind of honoring the dogs, and each size is named after one of them. One is is Kyle from uh, from Warp's dog, and the and the rest are named after dogs that we use. Uh, and and Esteli and Halapa to guard the fields. Well, and those cigars got a lot of good uh, good buzz and good good reviews and everything when they came out. Yeah, the, so they've been very popular. Again, another uh, top ten winner on, on cigar aficionado. Just a great example of uh, of the signature profile we have. Uh, be- beautiful Corojo wrapper. Just really flavorful, balanced, nuanced. We, we, we our cigars, generally speaking, fall somewhere between a high mild to uh, a low full. We don't have that level you know 10 11 strength and we don't have that very very mild everything is is uh is somewhere between the the, you know as i said the high high mild to low full range now i i I have a follow-up question here when you say that the dogs are guarding the field are they guarding them from like animals that are coming eating the tobacco are they banditos that are coming in okay yeah yeah they're 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 
and, and it's it's also the like the the factory you know the factory facility like they're up in Jalapa. It's a leaf sorting facility. They're not. It's less guarding the actual field than it is the the facilities on the field so for instance and and uh, i could imagine there would be quite a black market if they could come in and grab some tobacco and run oh yeah you could still people do that all the time that's a a huge business you still when you when you you make cigars using free materials it's a lot (laughs) profits are much better exactly yeah (laughs) it's funny how that works (laughs) well now the other thing that i wanted to touch on is you do a um uh, a thing at events in in stores and whatnot, the Agonorsa experience. Sure. And can you touch on that and talk about what all goes into that? Because I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm really jealous, and I want to do that one day. Yeah, if I thought about it, we could have probably done it all together on this. Ah, you uh, know. For the few, we'll do uh, next time, Rob. Uh, uh, there you so go. We'll Follow do, up. The, yeah, yeah. I'm already. Well, if you ever swing through St. Louis, you know, you can always just. Uh, Pops I gotta get back there. Yeah, gotta, I'll, yeah. I'll eventually show up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was scheduled to be uh, be in Missouri this this fall, so uh, maybe I will see if that's still on. And if I do, yeah, I'll, I'm absolutely. sure I'll go through St. Louis. That'd be great. Um, any, anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. No, that's um, fine. We do that a lot. So, so the uh, Ag- <laughs> the Agonorsa experience the, the, it has a couple purposes. Again, is that what we're trying to do is is, is show people that what makes us different is the tobacco that we grow. And it's instead of just saying that, it's easier to show it to them. So what we do at these events is we take the two key components that provide the backbone of our flavor. Our Corojo 99 uh, from Jalapa and Criollo 98 from Esteli. So those are two different seed varietals, Cuban seed varietals, uh, and those are two different regions. And we use a Visoli for both, so we have that kind of as a, as a consistent. And then we, we have people smoke each, and, and again, we don't get into, you know, butterscotch and pecan pie and all. And again, I'm not yeah. taking if anyone tastes those, everyone has their own palate and everyone experiences things in different ways. But the, the, the notes that we talk about are notes that everybody tastes. It's not it's not a bunch of, of flowery language because what happens sometimes if you get too in depth is that a person either thinks you're making it up. Or they say, I just don't have a palate and it doesn't really matter. And, they, and then they lose interest. But when you tell them, for instance, on our Corojo 99, it's going to make them salivate on the sides of their mouth and they're going to get a little spice up on the tip of the tongue and then through the retrohale. And then it's going to leave a lingering sweetness. When you, and then they experience that. It's almost like a light bulb moment. And and we've done this uh, for a couple of years now. And I can't tell you how many people at an event have said, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years and nobody's ever done anything like this, or I've never had this experience before, and I can taste the difference. And we show how these two leaves uh, each have a very distinctive flavor, but when you combine them, they create uh, a more complex, uh, nuanced uh, signature taste that, that really is a, a big part of, of what we do as a company. And, uh, and one, that's now they've experienced for themselves rather than us just telling them. It's always better to show them itself. Uh, and two, it, in an event, I mean, and events are great and it's great to offer deals and we do things like that. But the guy just gets off work, he walks in the shop and every Friday somebody's like, oh, I'll buy three cigars and get one free. And yeah. instead of taking that approach, you're like, here, we're going to have an experience for you today where you can learn about how uh, about Aganorsa and the cigars we make. And would you like to partake in that? That's a whole different approach. And people are much more relaxed to that than kind of just, hey, nice to meet you. Buy some stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I've heard about this, the Agonorse experience. And it just, the idea of it just fascinates me so much. And, and it sounds so much fun. And so, yeah, exactly. You're offering something more than just, hey, you know, buy three, get one free kind of thing. You know, you're you're offering 
something that somebody can take away and and have been educated by, but then also take away and talk to others about. And that's and that for us, that's the, the, the that last line you said is the most important thing. Talk to others about the only metric of our success is consumer passion for the product. That's it, because if they're passionate about it, they'll tell their people about it. And those people will then tell other people. And that's how it that's how it works. And, that, and that's the most powerful tool you can have is, is uh, someone you that you trust uh, telling whether it's the retailer, if they have a good relationship with the retailer or fellow consumers. Uh, that's far more powerful than me telling them. So uh, that's that's what we're looking for, is that they, we really show them an incredible experience and they go and tell other people about it. Well, and that's the thing that we've noticed with, uh, you know, getting involved with the podcast here. And, you know, I've been a cigar smoker on and off since I was, I hate to admit, 16 years old. Um, Nick <laughs> just started a couple of years ago. And it, it's one of those things where I've really learned a lot through this experience. And a lot of what I've learned have either been at the festivals, you know, getting to talk to some of the manufacturers, some of the, you know, cigar company owners, and or just interacting with people in the lounges and being able to, you know, pick up tips and hints and, you know, people talk about what cigar they like, and the next thing you know, there's a run on that cigar in the humidor because everybody in the lounge overheard that conversation. So though, that's one of those things that I think really does, that word of mouth really does help you out. Yeah, that's, to me, that's the, only, that's the only metric, is that are people going around talking about you in, in an excited, passionate way uh, and, and, and telling others? That's it. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, um, very recently it was announced that the PCA trade show was going to be canceled this year. Um, what are your thoughts on that? How does that affect Aganorsa? Were you guys going to unveil anything new out there? And, uh, you know, how do, how do you, what, what's your take on that? I mean, I, I don't think that, that they were left with very much of an option quite that, frankly i mean the, 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 250 people in a convention center here i mean that's the I mean, yeah. that's the drew estate booth yeah and i totally agree so you know so so that that just makes it an impossibility right there uh so we're gonna do what uh you know we're, they just made the announcement that it truly is canceled uh yesterday i believe uh and so uh we're gonna talk with our retail partners we're going to talk with uh uh our, our reps and see what makes sense i mean we're still going to have releases it just it's a matter of how do we release them and when we release them and and uh and what's the best manner to spread that word and and try to you know have that type of conversation um that you would have in person how do you, how, you know how do you do, get that kind of quality time um without without that face-to-face contact and so there, you know there's various ways we're, we're looking at zoom meetings we're looking at a whole bunch of different stuff well um, and, but and I, I'll, I'll throw this out to you you're welcome to uh announce anything you want here on the cigar poll <laughs> we would love to help you break that news so yeah we have we, we appreciate that you're, you're very generous of you. thank you very much uh no i mean i mean i think our, our key thing is, is really is the contact uh is is that's that with the show is what's is nice about the show is you're able to sit sit down with people and engage and, and keep that relationship going. And, and, uh, and that's, and that's something that is special about the cigar industry. And, uh, we're going to have to adapt to that. But to be honest with you, I mean, I don't, I don't lose any sleep over these things. I mean, there's nothing I can really do about it. And so we just focus on taking whatever scenario is thrown at us and, and, uh, rolling with the punches. Well, and I mean, and so 
stepping back for a moment, you and I, we, we quote-unquote talked at TPE. However, it was more me talking and you uh, attempting to get words out because by the time you and I circled up, you had lost your voice from talking to so many people at that show. Yeah, um, Vegas is a killer on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we didn't really get a chance to interact a whole lot, and I didn't get a sound clip from you. So how did TPE go for you? And, um, you know, are you looking forward to 21? And, it, you know, I mean, I hate to say assuming that it's going to happen. I mean, I, if you talk to experts, they say there could be a resurgence. Lord knows, whatever. Anyway, but assuming that everything is going according to plan and we're looking ahead to 21, you know, um, what are you guys uh, looking at with that? No, we're gonna. I mean, we'll partake again. I mean, I think some people kind of view it as like, uh, oh, you if you go to one, you can't, you know, you can't go to uh, PCA if you go to TP or, or something. Or you have to pick a side. I don't view that at all. I, I view uh, PCA uh, is a very important part of the organization that has certain functions in terms of uh, you know fighting for the rights of this industry is is really important. And uh, we always have attended and we would have attended had this not happened. And and then TPE is a great opportunity as well and 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 what's nice about tp it's very it's very uh efficient it's like it's a it's a it's a little bit shorter it's very much about you know come in and and uh get some, get business done and then i'll see you maybe for dinner at the, at the bar afterwards for a for a drink and a smoke so th- that's nice it's a, nice to be able to do both of them and uh and, and each one is a little bit different in the approach towards who's going and why they're going and how how to best uh, get the best value out of the experience. Well, Terrence, are you sure, as we're closing out this interview, are, are you sure there's no embarrassing Corey Frisbee stories that you want to share? We're all in for those. Your, you know, embarrassing Corey Frisbee stories. <laughs> I, I, w- I would say an amusing story. I don't know if it's embarrassing. It's, oh, it's probably not embarrassing, but my... Uh, he doesn't get embarrassed. So, like, realistically, it, it probably doesn't matter if I say embarrassing. But, you know, amusing is good. Yeah, my well, he he, uh, my he would go when I was uh, at Casada. Uh, my uncle Manuel, uh, the first time he traveled with Corey, Corey's got you know he's got the pickup truck and he's got uh, you know the, the he's got the, the, the midbuster and look and everything. Oh yeah, and and my uncle certainly you know he's I think he's used to a little bit riding in a little bit more comfort than Corey uh, <laughs> you know produces. You know, it's a, it's a more bare bones. Uh, uh, driving experience. And so they were going to an account or something like that. And, uh, and, and my uncle was like, well, I'd like to eat lunch. And he's like, well, we don't have time. And he's like, well, I, I'd really like to eat lunch. <laughs> so, so what they did is they stopped at like a subway and they ate on the hood of the car. And, uh, I, I don't think my uncle had ever done that in his life. So <laughs> I, 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 I could see that. I could see Corey doing that. You know, it's funny. <laughs> uh, Nick and I actually got to meet your uncle. We and, talked about that before you got oh, here. Oh, did you? Well, yeah, yeah I'll circle back. But uh, <laughs> Nick, I don't know if he mentioned this to you, is on a first-name basis. And I'm oh, not, wow. I, I'm not. Yeah, it was really funny. He, at one point, <laughs> I, was, get there. I was calling him Mr. Casada, and he's like, oh, please call me Manuel. And then Jeff calls him uh, Mr. Casada, and he just keeps going. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> yeah. say a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah you, you hadn't got there yet. Yeah. If, if, you, if you get a chance, ask him about the joke I told. He said it was the second worst joke he's ever heard he in did. his life. He did say it was the second worst joke he's ever heard. <laughs> until uh, until our friend Tron spoke up, and then it, it became down. the third. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. So. I'll have to ask him. I, out, of, out of the sticks that are in your line, what is sure. your favorite cigar? 
What if you, if you were going to tell somebody to try a cigar with your line, what would it be? Well, again, that's a little bit. I mean, I, I would say it would vary a little bit depending on the person's preferences, for instance. But I, I would say if you're a Connecticut guy or Connecticut, uh, if you're a Maduro guy, the Agonor Salif Maduro or the Shade Agonor uh, Shade Grown Maduro signature. Um, but if you had, if you forced me to pick one cigar, honestly, I, I would probably pick Guardian. Uh, Guardian is a cigar that you can give to almost anybody, and almost anybody will enjoy it. I mean, you know, if you if you uh, on the milder side, it's not going to overwhelm you. If you're on the fuller side, it's I think it still gives you a, a lot of flavor and aroma and complexity. Um, and I think it, it's a good a good example of how our tobacco is different than anything else out there. Good deal. Well, I appreciate it. Well, Terrence, thank you so much for taking time out to speak with us. We really appreciate it. No, my pleasure, guys. I appreciate it. We appreciate uh, you having us. Our, our whole thing is to is to spread the word about Agonorsa and uh, this uh, the, uh, these type of interviews and conversations are, are are part of are part of that. So I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate everybody who's listening that uh, uh, will either will try or have tried and continue to support Agonorsa. Well, thank you very much. We we appreciate it. Anytime, guys. All right. Appreciate you. So once again, we really want to thank Terrence for taking time out of his day to uh, to meet with us. And actually, I know we're probably about, um, oh gosh, maybe two weeks behind um, now. But since he was just on the show, I mean, it seems apropos that uh, we wish him a happy birthday. Oh, it was his birthday about two weeks ago. Well, happy so, birthday, man. Yep. So how about you and I now dive into um, our regular Tuesday segment? of Ask the Boys. Love it. So we have a few more questions here. Um, Everybody, I need your questions. We can only do this segment if you send in questions. So make sure you send in questions. Yeah, because we're not making it up. We're not going to phone this in. No. No, that's not us. Send in your questions to um, uh, either the Cigar Pulpit or at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator on Instagram, or use the Contact the Pulpit page on our website, CigarPulpit.com. So, I have questions from three listeners here. I have multiple questions from regular listener Barbells and Beers. Um, so do you want to start with his and then go to the others, or what do you want to do? I say Barbells and Beers. All right, we're going with Barbells and Beers. He's giving us... He's really been hitting... A spectrum of questions with us here lately. Yes. Like, not just cigar stuff, but a whole bunch of different stuff. No, well, that's stuff what we're here for. He wants to dive into our psyche a the little deep dive. bit, it seems. Um, and, and, and while I understand and appreciate getting to know us, I'd also like to say, you know, we're also here to give advice. So, folks, if you have life questions. Who would maybe, use maybe our you, advice? I, you know what? Maybe they need to hear our advice to know, know what not to do. Okay, that's valid. So, anyway. Um, but getting back to Barbells and Beers questions. His first one. What Disney character best describes you? Hmm. Now, I have an answer for you, Jeff. Okay. Dopey. I was thinking Olaf for you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> a goofy-ass <laughs> snowman. I'd rather be a goofy-ass snowman than Dopey. Throw a Dopey. He's, he's a beloved character. He's dopey. Although he does get kissed by Snow White. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's more action than Olaf got. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. 
What what character do you say for yourself though? Oh man. You know what movie I what Disney movie I love and it's horribly underrated. Like nobody gives it much credit. Okay. The Emperor's New Groove. What the hell? Is that even a thing? Dude, have you not seen The Emperor's New Groove? I've never seen that. Holy cow. It's amazing. It's um David Spade is uh in it and it's down in like South America and he gets turned into like a llama and the evil witch um who's played by Eartha Kitt, is, like, the bad guy. And, like, her, like, sidekick, uh, sidekick is Putty from Seinfeld. Dude, it's it's the best Disney movie. It's so funny. Well, okay, so the the guy, Putty from Seinfeld, is funny no matter what. I'm telling he you. He was great in The Tick. I'm telling you, seriously, you need to check out The Emperor's New Groove. Okay. I would say of any of the Disney characters, it I'd kind probably of flew be... under the radar. I'd probably be Shrek. That's not a Disney movie. That's DreamWorks. Oh, it's but cartoon. You, you definitely, now that I'm looking at you, yes. you scream Shrek. <laughs> so you know what? I'm going to go ahead and allow it. I'm annoyed it by everybody. I just want you to stay out of my swamp. I was swamp. just thinking physically. And you smell like onions. So well, I mean, That's my know. pits. Oh, okay. Anyway. No, so no uh, I'll how give about you? I'll give what, you Shrek. what character would you say you are? Oh, God. Um, you want to know the actual Disney character that I think I am? Who? I, I think that I am the Robin Williams uh, genie in Aladdin. Not not that goofy-ass thing they did with... Uh, Will Smith. Yeah, with the Fresh Prince. You know, at times I would give you that. Mm-hmm. At times. Yeah. Um, the humor level. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of my, my Disney character um, persona. Um, sometimes when I get angry, I know, I, I would say more Donald Duck when he's pissed off, where it's just God, like see that. uncontrolled rage, you know? I can see that. Yeah. That's funny. You're like my Chip and Dale. You just piss me off to the point of uncontrolled rage. That's when rage. I blow your beak off with a shotgun. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's more Daffy Duck. Oh, that's right. You just really are mixing up all your cartoon characters. They're all, they're all ducks. Yeah. Well, Daffy was insane. <laughs> Donald was just pissed off. But Daffy's neither, jacked up. But neither wore pants. Yeah, Daffy was Warner Brothers. Yes. Yep. And you know how I know that? How? Six Flags. Because it's, it's partnered with Warner Brothers. I'm actually Brothers. really looking forward to uh, the new uh, Looney Tunes. It's going to be on that HBO Max or whatever, that new HBO streaming thing. Really? And they've got a whole new Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, they're going to do shorts, but they're recent. But I saw a trailer, and it actually looks pretty good. Animation style is not quite 100% the same as the old stuff, but I don't really care about that. Yeah, well, so. there's been so many advances. Could you Could you even realistically... Money wise, time wise, go back and make a cartoon the way they made them fifty years ago. I have no idea, but what I will say, unfortunately, you can't make the cartoons that they made, you know, sixty, seventy years ago. Now, yeah, because like you think Speedy Gonzalez is going to get made in the same way as before? Oh no, it, they break, were very violent, break and they down. were very. Very Dude, racist. Break down the Speedy Gonzalez cartoons from like you know the old days, right? Yeah, it was all about illegal immigration. It was all about the Mexicans making fun of the Americans. Because think about it, Speedy was the smart little Mexican mouse that was jumping the border and getting the resources and bringing them back to his lazy, lazy relatives that did nothing but sleep all day. Well, that's while, making fun of the while Mexicans. The, while, while the stupid American uh, border guard Sylvester the cat. Could do nothing about it. 
You know, I had actually forgot that was Sylvester. You're right. I'm telling you, that cartoon is nothing well, but Syl- pro illegal immigration propaganda. Sylvester kept trying to <laughs> make time with the skunk all the time, too. No, the skunk kept trying to make time with the female cat. Sylvester wasn't in it. It was just a female black cat that just always... Oh, I thought it was a somehow, female... No, nah, it was a female black cat that somehow always managed to get, like, white paint it'd on her walk, back. It'd walk under, like, a ladder that had been freshly painted. Something like yeah. that. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Pepe Le Pew, who's just <laughs> That's like... That's right, it was Pepe. Yeah, Pepe Le Pew, who was just like, <laughs> oh, mon ami, I want to rape you. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. What? Tell me I'm wrong. I've heard cats, mate. Yeah, Tell me I'm wrong. Pleasant. I'm just saying, when you actually break down Looney Tunes, they're kind of fucked up. Yeah, a little bit. Now that you say that, you've really ruined my childhood. Thank you for that. But I'll tell you, I will never be able to hear some classical music and not think about Bugs Bunny giving a haircut. True. Well, and you've also got the <laughs> Roadrunner and the Coyote. Yeah, and let me tell There's you. There's a lot of violence the in coyote, those cartoons. There is violence, but the Coyote, that is a he is a genius that is just horribly um, just ignored. I mean, the amount of death traps that man put together. Now, granted... None of them worked. Personally, I would have sued the Acme company. But think Into about the this. ground. Think about this. If they worked, what's your next show? Just him standing in the desert picking feathers out of his he teeth? He went after Bugs Bunny once or twice. Did he? Yeah, like in the 70s, they did these lame cartoons where like Bugs Bunny like, you know, took a wrong turn in Albuquerque and ended up <laughs> in the desert. And all of a sudden, why always took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Always at Albuquerque. It's like, dude, just take the other turn to Albuquerque. But anyway. Um, was he it, trying to find the blue meth? I don't know what he was doing in Albuquerque. but <laughs> Looking for Walter White. Anyway. Have you seen Heisenberg? Boy, yeah. this question's gone really off the rails. <laughs> Anyway, so um, we'll get to the next one here. Um, boy, uh, he says, if you, if you own. Like some Polos Himenos or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Polos Hermanos. Or Thank, you. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you owned a cigar shop, what would you name it? They make a mean bird, by the way. Polos Hermanos? Yeah. That's a good a chicken. Place. I mean, there's a real Mexican restaurant, but it's not named that. Yeah. And whatever. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, if you owned a cigar shop, what would you name it? Hmm. We've talked about this. We've talked about if we ever opened a cigar shop, I've said that we need to find a church that has, you know, like gone out of business. Is that the way to say it? Do churches go out of business? They do. I mean, <laughs> I know. They fold. Like... They lose membership. But church buildings are for sale now and then. Yeah. And if but we like, could they don't find, really go out of business. If we could find an old church and turn it into the literal cigar pulpit, think of that. It would be rather amusing. It would be. Otherwise, I'd call mine Gators. <laughs> Gators. I have a great <laughs> idea for a restaurant. Have I ever told you that? Uh, you've told me, and I totally disagree. I think it would be an awesome name for a Are restaurant. Are you going to get into this? Boy, I don't know. I don't know if I want to because I hate to give away the idea because I think it's so You're never going to do it. Probably not. I want to name my restaurant Lettuce. And then the tagline under it, toss your salad. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you're getting into and this. You, you let people come in and you, you they pick out their fresh greens and, you know, tomatoes and mozzarella and whatnot. And then you just toss the salad for them. I have no... I'm sure Terrence Riley's just thrilled that this is the episode that he got his interview on. Um, I, I have no words. It would be golden. Think of the marketing you could do. What? Okay. Explain the marketing you could do. 
just the shirts with the giant head of lettuce like cracked open. It'd be great. Okay. I'm saying. Yeah. Giant head of lettuce with a crack down the middle. Who huh? wouldn't want to have their salad tossed? Come on. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. I, d- I don't know where to go from here. Um, <laughs> I got to patent this before the show comes out. Oh, Somebody's going to steal it. God. Um, okay, so um, Thick Smoke Ryan wants to know, <laughs> if you had to smoke only five cigars for the rest of your lives, what would they be? Now, here's my counter question to that. Is money an object? Mm-hmm. Because that is important to know. Yeah. If money's no object, now we can talk. Yeah. Um, because if money's no object, and I had to pick five cigars, and I could only smoke one of those five sticks. Yep. Oh, man. You want me to give mine while you give it some thought? Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to go my problem. with my top five. It's, it's like I'm Sophie's choice in it, and I just I don't know if I can do that. One's going to be the Leaf by Oscar, the Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. Two's going to be Manuel Casada's 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's where those those are two of my favorite sticks. Just favorite sticks. I like the uh, the my father or box press, and that's actually a, a sun grown tobacco, if I'm not mistaken, on that one that I like. Okay, um, I like those three, and then you know from there, to be honest, and again, it's one of those deals where if money's no object, you know whatever. But the cigars that I really like, I like a good brick house. You know, I I like a brick house. It's a it's a more of a uh, you know economy cigar, I guess you would say, at least for me. And then Perdomo is going to be in there, either the Lot Twenty Three or the uh, Factory Four. See, I'd or go, Factory Two. Or, I'd sorry. go with the Perdomo Champagne Reserve. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's your number one stick. It's, I, I like that one. Um, so obviously that one. Um, Although I'll be honest, this Lunatic's pretty damn good. I gotta go with the Martinez Forty Five series too. Yeah, I get and I, that. And I don't want to kiss ass to Martinez, but like that's a good cigar like, though. That's a solid, yeah. solid stick, and it's such a sleeper because well, you mean, know what? They're that, promoting that may the hell bump, out of it. That may bump my brick house. They're promoting yeah. it a lot, and I know we're pro- pushing right. it a lot. But like, dude, there's a ton of people who haven't experienced it, and I'll tell you, you're missing out. You are missing out. That that's two. Um, Oh God! I got three more spots. Realistically, again, money no object. I gotta go with. Boy, the Aladino Cameroon is coming soon. Like, like it should be arriving. But you haven't like, tried right. it yet. I have tried one. Did you? Okay. But I haven't smoked it enough to know if I like it more than the Corojo Reserva. I gotta go with probably the Corojo Reserva, the Aladino Corojo Reserva. Um. Oh God! Um, what else? Um, probably the. Oh man, I feel like I'm gonna miss so many cigars here doing this. Um, well, we're on the spot. The Romacraft Neanderthal. You like the Neanderthal? I like the Neanderthal. Yeah. I can smoke it. You really I like love the that Neanderthal. Cigar. And then, um, man, for my fifth and final. Boy, you know what? Money's no object. I can do whatever. The um, the Ashton ESG. Well, that's a good stick. 
That's a good it is stick. A good stick. I'll tell it's you, like a twenty-five dollar stick, but it's a good. I'll stick. Tell you one I had the other day, um, and it's one I'd been hanging on to for a while, but my humidor was getting low. Thanks, COVID. Um, but I broke out a. Uh, oh, what was that? A Cohiba, Connecticut. Yeah. Oh man, that was a good cigar. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, and and here's where I'm circling back to Kiss Martinez ass for a second. You know what? You know the whole game is going to change when the Nick and Gator. Oh come yeah, out. when the Nick and Gator cigars yeah, come out. Yeah, when the Bishop and the Gator. I mean, there's no all way, bets are off. All bets are off at that point about favorite sticks and what's going to be top sticks. But you everything. are right about that that uh, 45 series. Yeah, that's a good cigar. Now, I like it better basis. than the Don Antonio, but that's just my preference. I yeah, but I mean, you know, realistically though, the Don Antonio is there is one of their. Um, uh, standard sticks in their yeah. in their portfolio. Yep. You know, maybe like a I don't I don't even know what the price point is. I'm going to guess and say somewhere between eight and ten bucks. You know, but the but the forty five series is a sixteen dollar fourteen to yep. sixteen dollar stick. You know, so it is a more premium cigar than the Don Antonio. Not to take away from the Don Antonio, but you know, I'm just saying. But yeah, if you haven't tried that forty five, I guys, like the forty five a lot. So yeah. anyway. Um, but but when the Bishop and Gator hit, again, all bets yep. are off. And you yep. know what? Everybody else better have the Bishop and the Gator on their top fives, too. <laughs> Finally, we have a question from Teddy Gorilla. I'm, I'm, I, I know I just butchered that. Go- Gorilla? I don't know. Um, he wants to know, once we've passed the pandemic and social distancing is lifted, what is the first activity you're going to do? I'm going to give Nick a hug. And I'm gonna run, I guess. But I've hugged you before. I've barely run, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I you know I I still can run faster than you. Um, and I got ten years on you, brother. I'm hugging anybody that, of, that doesn't get away from me. Boy, I don't know what I want to do. I, you know what I desperately just want to do? I want to go and just have wings and beer at a strip club. And what? Wait, oh, that's me. I just want to go have wings and beer and cigars at, at like, Top Shooters. I want to go and just, yeah. I want life to get back to normal. I want to sit in the lounge. I want to just do that kind of thing. There's nothing, like, one crazy, although I will say, I have talked to some people, you know, uh, lounge guys and whatnot that, you know, we, we normally interact with, and I keep saying there needs to be one gigantic effing party when we can do it. Yes. But otherwise, but in terms of, like, a, a specific one thing, that I want to do, it's it's the little things. It's it's going out to have a meal. Yeah, you know, it's not getting a meal through a drive-through is it, or is whatever. It Lone Star it's, and having that that yeasty bread. What is it? Lone Star Steakhouse that has that those yeast rolls. Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. Oh my yes. god! And this is why you're not losing weight, by the way. Yeah, yeasty rolls. This goes back to you. Uh, I've lost 10 pounds. 10 yeah. pounds is good. It could have been better yeah. so far. Anyway. All right. Well, that's... Did, uh, did, did I send you that video clip of the drive through st- strip club? It's out west somewhere. Yes. It was actually it was, pretty disturbing, to be honest. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen, it was but I loved really it. really stupid. Yeah. So. Um, now, Barbells and Beers did have one more question. And I didn't bring it up before, but you know we can go ahead and bring it up now. Well, let's circle back. If you could start a secret society, what would it be, and can you describe it? Uh, we don't talk about it. I would say it's a secret society. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like Fight Club. And you're assuming that we haven't started one. I'm not confirming nor denying. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, 
the question implies that there isn't one, and what I'm saying is that's a that's a bold assumption on your part. Nick babe. has met some of the members of mine. He just didn't know it. He shot with a couple of them. I kind of feel a little dirty that I wasn't invited. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was a you getting to come shooting with us was a chance for them to feel you out, and you were blackballed. What the? F- <laughs> what the- <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you barely even invited me. The only reason you invited me is because you like talked about it on the cast, and I was like, "Oh yeah, thanks for the invite, there, jerk." <laughs> I yeah. just hadn't told you yeah, yet. No, no, no. I know what. But happened yeah, Andy there. and Chris didn't like you at all. What the heck? <laughs> I mean, I can see the nephew if that's their real names. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's this week's Ask the Boys. So, like I actually, said, the one that blackballed you was Addy. Well, that doesn't surprise me in the least. It shouldn't. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, Nick and so. my 10-year-old fight like two kids. It's great. Dude, you were the one fighting with her the other day on the oh. phone. Oh, I was ready to throttle that girl. Yep. But we, anyway. were, we were stuck driving in a Jeep together for an hour, and she was just pinging. Pinging. Anyway. I threatened to put her on the hitch hole and strap her down with tie-downs. <sighs> well... How about we uh, go ahead and move on with the show now? So okay, that, then. I was asked the voice. Here you go. So what are you getting on the stick there, Jeff? Dude, this is a good cigar. It is a good cigar. Yeah. I genuinely like this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting that. It's, it's you know, creamy, but it's it's there is that pepper to it. Yeah. And I'm getting the pepper more now on the smoke. Yeah. Than I was out of the gate. But yeah, this, out of the this gate. This JFR Lunatic is a good cigar. It is. It is a good cigar. So, I haven't done another retro hail though. That first one, <sighs> that did some damage. You need to do one, dude. You need to do one. <sighs> okay, let's do it. All right. I'll say we got to hold on. Let me ash first because I'm afraid that's going to just drop all over me. <laughs> that is. Wow. Oh. I didn't cough that time, but boy, and it it's funny that pepper intensifies. Yeah. Seconds after the retro hail, like it just yeah. keeps building. It just keeps building. Wow. Yeah. You know you're smoking a cigar. Yes. Yes, you definitely mm-hmm. do. So, well, how about we give away some sticks? I am all in. All right. So it's time for the Martinez Cigars weekly giveaway. And folks, I keep saying it. The way you enter to win cigars in the Martinez Cigars Weekly Giveaway is sign up for our free newsletter, which will come out whenever I feel like it. And um, as long as you're on the newsletter list, you can uh, win cigars from I'm going to sell the list at some point. You're not going to get the list. That's why Nick won't give it to you're me. Not gonna I'm going to sell list. it. You're not going to get the list. Okay. But when you, I announce the winner here, all you have to do is reach out to me by the following Monday with six an email. Days. You got you six got days. Six days. Reach out to me uh, via email, nick at cigarpulpit.com, N-I-C-K at cigarpulpit.com, and just put in the subject line, I'm the winner, and all you got to do is just give me your mailing address, and I'll drop some cigars in the mail to you, and you'll be set and ready. Yep. So, this week's winner is David Holland. David Holland. David Holland. You have until Monday to let us know that you heard this. And Monday, me, Monday, Monday. Give me your mailing address, and we will get a nice prize pack of Martinez cigars sent your way. Good stuff. Yeah. And guys, seriously, you're going to love these cigars. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they really, they make a mean stick there in New York. Yes. They do a good job. Yes, they do. Well, Jeff, we are nearing the end of our weight loss challenge. 
yeah. It is what? You know, we got to weigh in tomorrow. This this episode is coming out. Two, on we got uh, what a week and a half left. Two, no, no, no. This is the Tuesday, the twenty sixth episode, buddy. We've got like, you know. Oh, we're in the stretch. We're we're less than a week out from the end of this thing. Yeah, so, we just rounded the turn and yeah, headed towards the flag. So at this point, um, this is the final home stretch where we are also asking for all of your help with our uh, cigar drive for cigars for warriors. Um, my monthly cigars has helped out a lot with that, with yes. both sponsoring our weight loss and contributing cigars for the weight loss that we've done. But then also, they've made it very easy for you to take part in the uh, in the cigar drive. All you got to do is go over to mymonthlycigars.com. They have a little thing in their online store. You can get one cigar for five dollars, five cigars for twenty dollars, or fifteen cigars for fifty dollars. And all those cigars will go directly to Cigars for Warriors. You don't have to worry about shipping in anything or anything like that. And they're good cigars. You know, they're not, you know, we're not getting like cheap cigars here or anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's basically, you know, Nick can get things, you know, at a, at a cheaper price. Yep. And so we're, we're able to get these cigars to the, to the troops. And He's passing the savings on to you. Exactly. And then you can pass that savings on to the Warriors. And so... Also, if you use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, that gives you 20% off of those cigars. So it's even better. You can save a little bit and make sure you're getting cigars to the troops. So please, guys, we we have a goal of 500 cigars for uh, Cigars for Warriors. We really want to get those cigars over to them. So please just do me a favor. If, If everybody who listens to this show... Goes on to cigar or uh, my monthly cigars and just buys one cigar, just one cigar, five bucks. That's all yep. we're asking. Actually, you know what? Ten uh, percent is fifty cents, so twenty percent, you know, is a dollar. So, I mean, you're, you're for four dollars. Yeah, four for bucks. four bucks. All we're asking is that you buy one cigar for four dollars on mymonthlycigars.com. After and you use our o- offer after code you use the pulpit. offer code pulpit, yep. and it will go directly to cigars for warriors. And at that point, we're we're set. We're golden. That's all we're asking. Oh, absolutely. So if you haven't done it yet, just go over there, buy a stick, and feel good about yourself. Amen. And here's the deal. You're going to make the day of somebody that's out in the field. They may be at a fob over in Afghanistan. They may be rolling around in the, you know, in the sandbox there, in and around Syria and Iraq. But we're going to get these sticks to the troops. Exactly. And I would say this. While you're there, check out My Monthly Cigars. What is My Monthly Cigars, It's a premium cigar subscription service where you can have a box of cigars. Since you every month, it'll arrive right to your door. They have a variety of different size boxes. We get the Robusto box, which we smoke every Friday on the show. There's four cigars for $30 in the Robusto box. They also have the Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50. It's two of everything that's in the Robusto box. You can hoard those. So it's a good one, I guess, to hoard, but also no. to share with like your dad or your brother or friend or something, and you can smoke the same thing. I don't really have any friends. I mean, you, sort of, ish. Ish. Anyway. But, um, Frenemies. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you do that, use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T. That gets you either free shipping on your first subscription or it gets you 20% off any of the items in the online store because while you're in the online store, you can check out other stuff. They have the MSRP guarantee on the sticks in the box, which basically says that the value of the cigars in the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. So, like, for the month of May, 
you know, the box is uh, 30 bucks, but the sticks inside of it were valued at like $47. Plus a, plus a bonus stick. Plus a bonus stick. And then, you know, for for June, Lord knows what it's going to be. So I even drank know, some of that twin engine coffee again this week. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's good stuff. There you go. Yeah. So. And that was introduced to us through My Monthly Cigars as well. Yeah. So head on over to My Monthly Cigars. And they th- this is their 12th month. Uh, May is their 12th month, so they're kind of celebrating their, their anniversary. And so they've been doing a lot of giveaways this month. There are still a few giveaways left to go. It's some good swag. They have. And so you want to make sure you follow them on all the socials as well as sign up for their email newsletter so that you can be aware of uh, how to enter to win some of the swag in their giveaways. Loving it. Yep. And speaking of the socials, you can follow us on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. Facebook, you, um, Twitter, YouTube, and you can always reach out to us through CigarPulpit.com. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. What are you getting on your stick, Jeff? <laughs> he just leaves me hanging here. I did not take the uh, cue there. This is a good cigar. Now, I, for full disclosure, um, we're only about maybe a little over halfway through it because we did did do the interview early. So we smoked it, put the interview in, so you had close to 35, 40 minutes of interview there, and then we're, we're back to smoking. So we're still not as far. We're not down to the nub by any means. No. But I, this is a cigar I would definitely seek out. Mm-hmm. This is a good stick. What Do you know the price point on it? I don't know. Dude, the MSRP on this stick is only $6.20. Wow. So, I mean, for, for six bucks, this is an amazing cigar. Oh, absolutely. So, I'm not going to lie. I am going to be stocking up and getting more of these. Yeah, I'm probably going to grab some of these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are good cigars. Good cigars. Now, during his interview, Terrence mentioned the Guardian of the Farm. Have you ever had one of those? I have not. I have, and they are also amazing cigars. Really? So I would say that if you, for folks, if you're if you're maybe not familiar with Agonorsa Leaf or maybe you're looking to try some of the uh, sticks in their portfolio, the JFR Lunatic, I, I highly recommend it, but I would also very highly give my recommendation on the Guardian of the Farm. Well, and this Lunatic. And it's got that cute little bulldog on, the, on, the, on the band. This one's got like a warthog or something. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, look, look at your that. band. It's at the bottom. Uh, right underneath the middle of the lunatic. You see it there? I don't think that's actually a warthog. I think it's like in the in the black little, with the silver. Yeah, it's like a little floor de lee kind of design there. It something. looks like a warthog because it's got the tusks and the nose. I think it's just the Are way you looking it. at what I'm looking at? I, dude, I'm wondering if this is a like, you know, we're looking at a cloud and we're both seeing different things. It could be. We've done uh, that before. That's one of yeah. my favorite times that we ever spent together was just sitting looking at clouds. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell are you talking it was about? A, it was a precious moment. We were in the meadow. What are you talking about? Maybe, oh, maybe that wasn't you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was. Well, I know it sure as hell wasn't the day of that uh, uh, solar eclipse when you were laying naked on the top of your hill, you know, in the grass. I wasn't laying naked. I didn't want to get chiggers. So what I did, <laughs> for those of you not, not up to speed on this, uh, when we had the eclipse a couple of years back, I actually, um, it, it was funny because I raced around and took pictures of people at different places, Pyramid Park, which is in southern Illinois, and in Pinckneyville, and then... <coughs> Pardon me. Corona. So I was, uh, I, I raced around, took my photos for the newspaper, 
and then made it out to my farm because that was all I wanted to do was go to my farm and go out to my Indian mounds, strip naked, and burn some sage while the eclipse was going on. Why does everything have to be naked with you? I'm naked gator. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Just anyway. Look at Instagram. All right. So anyway, so you it, did, and you did that. I, I did that, and I, I took pictures. I know. <laughs> and posted them online. Highly unfortunate. Anyway, I had a good time burning sage and just staring into the sun as it burned my retinas. Dear God, I should have taken a mask of some sort. Uh, you'll regret some that sort of in a few eye protection. Years. I was say you'll go blind. In I a already few do. Years. I've got that dead zone right in the middle of my pupil. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it oh. hard to see the oncoming traffic. Well, there. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well. Anyway, do you have anything else for the good of the cause? No, it's, you know what, all I got to say is this is a great cigar. And, it is a great cigar. And I'm actually going to grab some uh, the minute we get a chance over at uh, Riverman. It so. is a great, great cigar. So, well, with that, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. Stay safe and stay smoky, everyone.